you've come to the right place if you're looking to create, launch, and scale a high-value online training program. I'm your guide, Chris Badgett. I'm the co-founder of Lifter LMS, the most powerful learning management system for WordPress. Stay to the end. I've got something special for you. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to another episode of LMS Cast. I'm joined by a special guest. He's a nomad. He's on the move, but he's in Mexico City. Welcome to the show, curriculum entrepreneur David Cole. Hello. How's it going, Chris? And by curriculum curriculum entrepreneur, I mean he's a curriculum creator, he's a curriculum provider, and he's a curriculum con- connector. So all those things roll up inside of um, David's work in online education. Uh, I think it's mostly around the language learning. Am I right? At the, at the moment. Yes. That's where we're starting. <laughs> and uh, where David's got a really interesting story. We're going to get into that, but we're going to start over in lifter LMS land and his website, which you can find at the tutor Go check out what he's up to over there. How do you describe the tutor, if we met at a bar in Mexico City or somewhere at a coffee shop, and I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. What is the tutorresource.com? So the tutorresource.com is kind of my solution for uh, teachers and teachers that were teaching kids in China and giving them the ability to can still connect with those parents and students uh, and find curriculum now that most of the online uh, companies are no longer able to work with foreign teachers. So why is your company, why are they able to work with the tutor resource, but not others? Because I'm connecting private individuals. So you're still able in China really to still have private, private tutors. And uh, uh, so most of the parents are still working with individual teachers here and there. And there's active groups trying to connect parents and teachers. They're just not allowed to go through a big corporation anymore. And so instead of me hiring teachers and becoming that big corporation now, I'm providing them with the curriculum the lessons that they need to teach those students. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, tell us about the language learning niche. Um, some pe- I know that's a big question, but you know, if somebody's like an expert and they're like, oh yeah, I've thought about that, or I know how to speak three languages or two languages or whatever, what is it? What have you seen in the language learning market and what makes you excited about it? I mean, you're you're all around this issue of curriculum and uh, different ways of teaching through content and through uh, meetings, virtual meetings and stuff. Like what's, what's the language, mar- what's the language learning market like for an entrepreneur? Um, I mean, it's an interesting market. So once you connect with some students and I've got people on my website that work with, uh, they're teaching kids Spanish, they're teaching French. Um, most of them are teaching English t- uh, in China. ESL. That's where they started, ESL. Um, and so it's a fun market because you're working with mostly with kids. Um, there are some adult classes that we do as well, but it's mostly kids and kids can be so fun. Uh, uh, 
you know, I was a stay-at-home dad for many years since my kid was born. So I, when I really got into it, I was like, oh, these kids are the same age as my kids. So I can really relate. <laughs> um, and so I was watching them grow. And I've got one girl I've been working with for three and a half years now. And so I've seen her grow both in language and physically. Um, and so it's a rewarding because you get to see this growth. Uh, you get to share your culture. Uh, you get to learn about their cultures and uh, you get paid. Now on the private market, when you're not working through the big corporations, it's a lot more money. Uh, I've got teachers out there. I know that they're taking 15 an hour or 15 a class all the way up to, I, see, I think I've seen people with 29 a class. So it really depends on what the parents are willing to spend for what you offer. And that comes down to both your personality and the curriculum that you offer. Sometimes the parents will even request a specific curriculum they're very knowledgeable about what the standards are out there. That's cool. Well, let's, let's talk about the, like the tech stack, the software. Um, you had mentioned when we first met that you were using lifter LMS in a, in a different kind of way. There's like kind of the, the more standard uh, online course. Somebody sells for $500. It has lots of videos, maybe some quizzes and assignments. Maybe they have a community attached or whatever, but how is, the tutorresource.com kind of a non-standard WordPress LMS use case, would you say? Yeah. So being that I'm not selling these $500 courses and we're not selling to the end user, the, the student, we're giving the teacher something that they can use to screen share or, or whatnot with the student. So if they're going to use a Zoom or in China's Vu, then they can screen share Basically, like it's a PowerPoint. So I have an embed, um, an embed feature on Lifter to embed the HTML. So you go to your Google Slides, you publish the web, you get that HTML embed code, and you throw it in there. And then the, the, they're able to make it full screen or keep it small. They're able to do a little bit more. Some of the tool things have the drawing tools on it. So the stool, student can still be interactive. You say circle the umbrella, they can circle it. So they can still be interactive. You just still have to take your time out to figure out uh, when you're creating it to create a help several vocabulary slides, some phonics, some grammar, math, uh, make sure that it fits in within this 25 minute uh, or or 40 minute lesson plans, whichever uh, teachers are actually teaching. Then you have quizzes uh, that you can incorporate as well, which uh, the lifter quizzes have been really cool for that. <clears throat> um, and uh, I also use uh, Edpuzzle. Uh, to to do video quizzes, which is really cool. Um, and uh, I've even embedded things from Genily, which are interactive presentations where the teacher can drag and drop. And if the teacher is actually using Koaligo, which is another program, then the teach the student can still grab and drop, drag and drop in, within the Lifter system as well, as long as it's embedded in there. So it gives so many possibilities depending on how the what the teachers using on their end i'm just providing the ability for them to access the material wow this is this is super cool and just i just want to restate it for the listener so the or the watcher if you're watching this on youtube so they understand um kind of what's going on here so at the teacherresource.com your customer is actually a teacher who is inside or outside of china more likely outside of china outside yeah Teaching outside. English. i've got them all around the world so the teacher then goes, they buy your, your course, your courses, which are powered by Lifter LMS, which are kind of like lessons. And then they, uh, they get on a screen share with a 
a Chinese student or wherever they are in the world, and they're using your website through a screen share to present and create the learning experience. Did exactly. I get it? All right. Yeah, you got it perfectly there. Is that, um, do you know that the, the, the LMS industry has too many TLAs, which stands for three letter anachronisms. Is this an ILT thing, like an instructor-led training? Have you heard that that acronym? Yeah. Yes. That's basically is it's it's instructor-led. Yeah. It gives the the student. I do mine very open-ended. Some of mine are free talk type courses where I let the student kind of tell me what they think, and I just correct their grammar uh, yeah. and their speech. But we'll throw up an idea and we'll show something like a pan down the screen and I'll give some facts and I'll ask them what they think about it, uh, what they understand from that. Well, maybe we'll have a reading and then they'll explain their comprehension of that by what it meant to them. And most of what you're so doing... So it can go a little both ways. Okay. And most of what you're doing though, like the, the way a course is conceptualized is it should fit into like a 30 or 25 minute kind of block? Uh, yes. Um, this is super cool. I, I love seeing that, that like you, you kind of create, you use our tool to create tools for teachers, which is amazing. Um, you're, you're obviously really good at tech. So let's, you kind of rattled off some names of some of the tools you use together, like as a, as an instructional designer and a technologist, you're assembling the tools to get the job done. Could you kind of walk us through before we look at instructional design tool, like interactivity kind of tools, but just the WordPress stack, like hosting or essential plugins and what, what, what yeah. creates the WordPress site for you? Yes. So when I first set it up, I wanted, my wife had the idea first off to do scheduling. Uh, she's like, at this point, when we first started conceptualizing it, so many teachers were posting out there that they're having a hard time uh, keeping care of, of schedules uh payments getting getting finding out how to get things paid in china because you can't just take a credit card from someone in china it doesn't work that way um so we knew we needed to have that feature available for teachers who who needed it or might be just getting into it uh so i i i scoured the web i found amelia um which is a really cool plugin and it does like calendly it does scheduling um but it allows you to do bulk packages so a person can buy uh, a 10 pack of classes and then uh, schedule it one at a time. It'll, it'll take it out of their bucket and it'll show up on your calendar. And as the Amelia employee, like, uh, like I am, it would schedule on my calendar within there. So that was great. Uh, and then I'm able to use the systems back to to run the process. And if for some reason the payment doesn't go through through the Amelia site, I can still use WooCommerce and my Stripe Connect to still send out the, have the pers person buy a product. And then we can kind of just tweak it in the back end for the, for the, for the person. Sometimes it usually doesn't have errors, but that's how, kind of how it works is when most of the time Stripe is the best way to do it. And then they just do a WeChat pay back to us. That's um, cool. Cause they don't really have PayPal or anything. Sometimes some parents do, but not most. And what else is in the, the tech stack? What are you using for hosting? So right now for my host, I'm actually on, um, there's a Bluehost. Um, and I might switch down the road, but for now it's been, it, it, it's been working much better since I started getting an optimization plugin. 
uh, and, I, and I'm using uh, P uh, uh, perf matters for that. Um, and that's, so that's helping speed up the site quite a bit. Uh, I also have been for more speed. I put in uh, WP Vivid, a backup plugin, which, I, which actually has a good image um, scaler and, re and it removes all the images that are no longer being used and that sort of thing, which is really cool. Um, and then, then you have the, the lifter, which is, which is basically powering all the classes. Um, I'm starting to put in things with gravity forms to do some more CRM so that teachers can now track their students' progress. So after a class, they'll just go to a, a, web, just, um, a separate page and they can type in notes and say, the student did this, 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 they learned this, this is the course they're doing. And then they can send those notes off to the parents really easily so the parents can be kept up uh, informed. Um, yeah, and I use, a, I use Cadence theme because it's just so smooth uh, with an Elementor uh, uh, for the builder. And you have the multi-instructor uh, or the multi-vendor plugin. Yes. So that's yes. WC vendors. WC vendors. And tell us about uh, adding that, that on top of your WooCommerce stack. Like, what was the need there? Um, well, since I wanted to make sure I, I could have as many vendors as I could, because it's not just me selling it, and I didn't want to have to worry about it in the back end, trying to figure out, okay, so this course sold, and it's by that person, and in the month I have to do all this weird scheduling uh, and payment system. So WC vendors takes care of most of that for me. And it so tells you're a me, curriculum creator but you're not the only creator on your site i'm not right. i have a uh, 20 or so other great creators on the site uh, one of one of them which is a set, of, a set of 11 that are part of a group of creators uh that one's a little more tricky so that one i still have to do a little bit more math at the end of the month but uh <laughs> yeah. I, but it's just as simple as copying and pasting into a spreadsheet the spreadsheet does most of the work uh, I like, I love spreadsheets. And are those creators like creating their stuff in Lifter LMS themselves? Uh, some of them are, some, uh, some of them, some of them are not super tech savvy. And so yeah. they haven't picked up on it just yet, but uh, they're learning. And I put my, I put my own course creation uh, class together, yeah, which like I offer to... for free. Yeah. You probably saw that on there. Yeah. Uh, I watched some of yours and I was like, okay, so Chris did this. Well, I want it to be branded and figure out how to make it so that they can just follow the steps on my site. So Chris did this. So <laughs> I go through and I do a video and then I did the type with the screenshot. So depending on the type of learner they are, they can either read through it or watch through it and follow along. I love that. Using a course <laughs> to help your users or your collaborators. It's awesome. It's like internal training too. <laughs> so. I did the same thing with another tool. I have a spreadsheet. So like I'm using Gravity uh, Gravity View and everything to create that um, uh, CRM. I, before that, I've been tracking it all through a Google spreadsheet that I have that uh, basically tra tracks everything. So I can remember which curriculum I'm using for which student, what lesson they're currently on, uh, what unit, all that stuff. Because otherwise, it gets 15, 20 students that I'm teaching every day uh, on top of working on the website, it gets confusing on the order. So I built a website or I built a spreadsheet to do all that. And then I built a course to teach people how to use the spreadsheet. And then at the end of the course, they get the spreadsheet for free. The $10 that's cool. course. <laughs> that's cool. Well, that's, that's a great, I mean, you got some skills. Let, let's, uh, just give us a date or number of years you've been into WordPress. Cause obviously you can kind of move around and put tools together. Um, 
WordPress. I really only started to, with, with this. Um, oh my gosh! So you're so new to WordPress, and you're like I a power am a user new guy. WordPress newbie. I'm I'm in a lot of the newbie groups, and I've asked questions, and I do a lot of research. I love research. I've seen you on social uh, I mean, media, I, and that is a skill to ask for help. Like you do, and you oh, do yeah. it well. You do it well. Thank you. Yeah, I, I built Wix sites before. I did all these sites in the past uh, through uh, those types of things, which take no effort at all. It's just like using uh, a, a build a builder block builder. It's so simple. Yeah. So my wife actually has been doing this for about three years on her website, and she's the one who talked told me use Cadence uh, yeah. and uh, try to make sure that your, your your site is performing well. Use use perf uh, use perf matters and so she got me she got me going on some of the basics and then i just did the research myself to figure out the rest nice. but i've been in tech tech my most of my life uh, with computers everything so that's the right. thing i see with education entrepreneurs and technology is it's it's not so much that you just know everything it's just that you know how to learn and yeah. get in the weeds and make mistakes and just try and get faster over time oh yeah Run us through some of your favorite, you were rattling some off earlier that I hadn't heard of, but what are some of your favorite teaching tools or instructional design or interactive content tools that you use? Okay. Uh, for design, um, I first often started out with mostly Google Slides and Excel. Uh, I don't really use Excel anymore, but there are some cool uh, things you can do in Excel where you can have people click and it'll take them to another thing. You can make some interactivity, but that's getting pushed to the side with other things like Genially. Um, you know, which is uh, a new tool that I just discovered. And it just kind of exploded while people were at home during the lockdowns around the world and teachers had to learn to teach online. But it's interactive. You can create interactive homework. You can create interactive lessons, uh, uh, PDFs, uh, any, anything, really. Um, and so that's the new one. And then Edpuzzle, uh, which is a video where you're able to make video quizzes. So you'll play a video from YouTube that you put in there and then pause it every so often, or it pauses when you put in a question, multiple choice, fill in the blank, click on the screen, lots of different options. And that way you can ask them about it. The first time I used that was with a uh, uh, Olympics lesson. And so I was asking, what sport is this? This is skiing and so that, so on and so forth. It was really kind of cool. So there's lots of different programs to use to embed. Um, and I really like the video feature. So now on the lessons, we'll throw in a, a Google sheet, a Google Google sheet, so people can that are old school and they don't like all the extra bells and whistles. They still can see the class. Then I can upload that uh, power that that Google sheet into Genially, and it converts most of it. You have to do a little tweaking here and there to make it interactive the way you want, format it the way you want. But then you quit pretty quickly have an interactive version of the same lesson. And then you can add in any other uh, video quizzes or anything after the fact that you want as well. Wow. So those are the main the main ones that I've been using. And then to teach, I am um, you can use Vuv, uh, Zoom. Uh, I use Classin. It's the number one one that I like to use because it's just so versatile. Wow, that's awesome. That's uh, that's quite the stack. And I know you have um your personal blog, which is ouroffbeatlife.com. Did I say that right? That is correct. Yeah. Um, and you folks are working on a, a course uh, or, or your wife is about this. You have a nomadic lifestyle and you figured out how to kind of break free to digital nomad work from anywhere, you know, kind of thing. What tell us about this course you're planning uh, for that? 
she's just kind of been outlining it lately. And I mean, it's going to be an extensive uh, course, some uh, educational components in there to follow through and just kind of give you the idea of how we did it and how you can kind of alter it to your lifestyle. We keep getting those questions everywhere we go. Yeah, like how'd you do it, right? How did you do it? Wait, you travel full time? How do you live? Wait, you only make X dollars a month? How do you live? (laughs) (laughs) And and so we're going to answer some of those questions in there because it's all about research before you go somewhere. It comes down to um, mindset and changing that mindset because you have to be open everybody says think outside the box but really you do um you can't hold on and be a a hoarder forever type situation i mean i sold everything to do this lifestyle including our home and now my my car is now my home since we're driving uh so you take care of that now (laughs) how much time did it take for you to go from okay i think i want to kind of become i know it's a, it's all a work in progress and it's just like this arc but how long from the decision like i think i want to become this kind of nomad or from anywhere a person did it take to really do it and be able to uh just kind of travel on be to to really unlock that freedom from the decision point from the decision point I mean, obviously it's been something that we've been talking about since our marriage uh started doing something but from the decision point it took us a year we we said all right for sure, we are going to do this. Um, you're going to do my my job is to do this and work my butt off teaching and get as many students under my belt as I can, so that when we make it to Asia, which was our first destination, I'd have a good amount of students that can support us. Because by that point, it would just be me working. My wife decided, okay, I'm going to dedicate myself, work as many hours as I need to, uh, and, and and get and, and do this particular job, even though I don't love it, just to rack it up, put as much in the bank as possible, not spend a ton on food. We're literally penny pinched for that year and then made the decision. We had to decide whether to rent or sell our place at the end. And we decided to uh, to sell it at the end, which I'm glad we did because we probably would have lost it during the lockdowns when nobody nobody was renting Airbnbs and landlords weren't getting paid. Yeah, so we made the right decision. But it took us about a year from the final saying, let's do it to let's depart. Well, as a fellow digital nomad, I've been pretty settled for the past five years, but before that I did move around a lot. What's kind of your, um, your itinerary of like major things you did or places you went and and when did this start? Like, I think you said 2019 or or is that one? Yeah. Yeah. So in June of 19, we sold our, our, our place in Chicago. Um, and then we, we joined trusted house sitters. Um, if you're not familiar with it, it's awesome. Uh, I think we have a link to it on our website, promo code or something like that. But um, um, we, we just kind of house that for people around the U.S. for a little while uh, while we waited for our cruise ship. We said, <laughs> why fly 30 hours or whatever and have jet lag over to Asia when you can just take 24, hour, uh, 24 days at sea, get there nice and slow and comfort <laughs> is that a full boat? Is that a full boat, or is that like yeah. just they're it's se- they're seasonally moving and they try to sell some a, tickets? It was a seasonal move, but they sold pretty much the whole boat out okay. at the end, and it was it was cool. It was one of the last big cruises, I guess, before everything crazy happened. But <laughs> um, so we went from LA to Singapore, and then 
Singapore was cool but expensive, and um, their 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 national language is English, so like it was so easy to get around and speak and do everything. Then we went over to Indonesia and spent three days out at uh, out on a little fishing boat and saw Komodo dragons and went snorkeling every day, seeing sea turtles. It was amazing. Yeah, uh, that was one of my favorites. Then I then since I hadn't worked for so long, we went to Bali and I was thinking, all right, I'll do some, I'll get some work done in Bali. The internet was terrible, so I spent the week there not working, just enjoying Bali, uh, <laughs> and did all my work when we got to Malaysia. Where uh, spent our first three months there. It was great. Uh, my my family loved it. Uh, I stayed inside and it worked. Uh, so uh, then we went to Myanmar uh, before they had their their coup recently, and saw all the old temples. Um, met some locals, um, and then and then we came back to Malaysia for what well, my wife helped set up a, a world schooler group. Or a bunch of other families that were traveling. We all brought our kids together at Legoland in Malaysia, and uh, we had a fun for about a week until uh, everything went on lockdown when the virus finally was taken seriously <laughs> by yeah. the world, and nobody could get in or out after that. So we were kind of stuck there for about eighteen months in Malaysia. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and now we're traveling you... around. Now we're traveling around Central and South America for the next few years, so we see things pan out. All right. Before we leave this part of your story, um, I, I, I'm looking for just some words of advice. If somebody's inspired, I'll, I've done a similar thing. I've had to, you know, cut expenses, min, become minimal. You know, I did it with kids, as you have too. Um, so you have to like really kind of uh, just commit, and then also just find a lot of joy and in, in uh, the little things, and cook a lot of your own food. I mean, you can do it with. A big budget but you can also do it in a small budget so that's what i want kind of want to get across if somebody's like really admiring the story and and dreaming a little bit here what advice do you have for somebody who's thinking of cutting the cutting the um the one location and kind of opening up the world how to do anything. it yeah. yeah anything anything's possible um uh, we did a very drastic approach at first because we were going to just do travel carry on only we don't we no don't check, check bags. bags. We've <laughs> yeah. never have in all of our years of marriage. We've never. We did bags. one check bag. We had one duffel and and like a stroller, but it, it was it was only one. <laughs> so yeah, because checking it it sucks. The baggage claims, and I love just walking past everybody and them looking at me and get stopped and saying, "Don't forget your bags." I'm like, I've got my bags. <laughs> you can so, buy a T-shirt where you land. Yes, you know, you can buy a T-shirt. Yes. <laughs> Uh, but on some of the smaller Asian airlines, I had to check a few things anyway, because it's just, they don't yeah. have room. Um, but my biggest point of advice is uh, travel with the things that you love. Don't get caught up on knickknacks. I, I, I am a hoarder. I'm somebody who always wants to grab stuff and get the knickknacks. But uh, I like to, I take photos for memories. I buy my son t-shirts everywhere uh, important that we've been so that when he's older off to college um, I'll have one of these big blankets made with all the t-shirts that he's wearing we, we keep them all, send them all to our father-in-law and he's going to have this really weird quilt <laughs> <laughs> so but yeah keep the things that mean mean something to you um, that's the important stuff you don't need to worry about all the get, get gadgets and gizmos um, and you can find the same things all around the world 
that you can find in your hometown in America or France or wherever you're from. It, every place seems to be very similar. We were driving through Mexico today. I'm like, I want to take out my camera and just do a live feed, show everybody this looks just, I'm like, just ask people where and where in the world do you think I am? And people would have just said Texas because it looks, they're just driving along. It looks like a normal Texas road, suburbs. The houses don't look very much different other than in the U.S. We like to use drywall and siding. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, let's let's bring it back to Lifter LMS. Why did you choose Lifter? How, how did that the selection story happen there? It was, it was a lot of research again. Okay. Uh, I was looking at how I how I would have more freedom to do what I want to do. Uh, so I was like, learn Dash, or should I do this, or should I just should I just go to Udemy and do and, and put some courses on? And I'm like, none of this makes sense. Uh, maybe I should just build my own course, my own, and teach people how to become a teacher. Uh, but eventually, I was like, you know what? I need something that will be versatile and allow me to do everything. Uh, in one and i talked to my website builder friend he builds salon websites uh all around the world and he's another traveler and uh he's like well build what you're talking about it might be 60 70 80 grand out of the out of pocket to build it from scratch nope not right now um so i like i'm gonna try to cobble it together with wordpress and i did a lot of questions uh on the different blog posts people kept saying lifter Lifter is the greatest, and uh, I watched a lot of your videos. You're just Googling what I want to do. You, you've got great SEO. I mean, it pops up. And so I was like, okay, Lifter's in my brain. Let me see what it can do. And you've got your great sandbox tools and stuff like that. So I was able to find out that, all right, I can do a majority of what I want on here. Not everything, but let's let's see what else I can cobble together after the fact to do the, uh, to do the rest. That's cool. What's your favorite feature or like what, what part of it do you, do you really appreciate? On, on Lifter, my, my, my favorite part on Lifter, uh, it, um, let's see, there's so, so many things I can do. I, I like the outline feature. I love how visually builder. appealing it is. The course builder? Yeah. Oh, I, I, I know. Uh, it's, it's great. It's simple and uh, I can move it around. It's, it's visually appealing. Um, and yeah, it's just it's just an excellent way for for somebody with my mindset uh, to 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 work with a program. So I love that. Yeah, that's awesome. I appreciate that. We like to make the complex simple, and LMS is you know structured data, and you really want to be able to manage it from a screen. That's a big challenge. So like figuring out how to do the course builder was is is hard, and. Um, and like you mentioned, your, your developer friend said, oh, to build a site like this might be 70, 80K. Like it's, there's a lot you get with spending just a little bit of money or even using our free plugin. So, so to be honest, I was going back and forth between Lifter and uh, New Zendler. I don't know if you're familiar with them. I am familiar with that. I have a friend who has a course creator Facebook group in Australia who's a huge New Zendler guy. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a good tool. But I just, I, with them, I couldn't figure out how... I could really incorporate the other major tools that I wanted, which was the scheduling, um, multiple vendors, and um, 
eventually the CRM for, for managing your students. It was a great course. It was great, great for just doing courses, but not for expanding out to, I think, in my opinion, my site's just going to have infinite possibilities because if it's for all tutors, not just ESL, math teachers can use it eventually when we start making math lessons, uh, science teachers, history teachers, every, every kind of teacher I want eventually to be able to come to the course and find a course that they like. Oh, that's awesome. And you do have a great domain name, the tutorresource.com. Is it great? Has you had that for a while or did you just get lucky? Oh, I was so lucky. <laughs> okay. I didn't have to pay big bucks for it. It was available. It was great. <laughs> well, good for you. Um, tell us a little more about the future. Like, so th do you see this site? Well, first of all, let me back up and say, I think you're absolutely correct that this, the way you describe it, like having that flexibility, this is a perfect setup for WordPress. You would never be sat happy in like a hosted tool that has its opinionated way of doing things. This is where WordPress really shines. It's not always easy, which impresses me with what you've been able to do with all these different tools made by different companies. But what you mentioned, just uh, growing the site, different subject matter. You've got um, your, your lifestyle course about helping other people become digital nomads. What else is in the future? As a well, digital nomad, laptop lifestyle, yeah. work from anywhere guy. <laughs> I think that um, uh, the sky's the limit with a site like this. Um, if our lifestyle uh, class also takes off and I find that other people want to host those types of courses as well on there, uh, I'd love to s section it out and say, okay, we've got our, our lifestyle. We've got our courses that you can sell to the end user and then actually have a student profile coming on. Cause right now I have vendors and instructors. Um, those are my two, my, my two profiles. Yeah. I'd love to have students come on, not, not the ESL student cause then it could get really cluttered. Um, uh, but I'd love to have an in-student on there. Uh, I'd like somebody to be able to come on and say, okay, I have, I have a course idea. I, I teach Taekwondo and I want to do it online. I want to have an online course that can bring me residual income too. This is for anybody who ha wants to have some kind of re residual income. Mm -hmm. uh, so we'll go out to all these different subjects and hopefully teachers will be able to use it in their uh, physical classrooms or online classrooms. Uh, I think over the summer courses where, ki where kids can go online and do take classes, it it's going to be great. For other world school families like I am, instead of going to something like necessarily like out school, Maybe those out schools teachers can utilize my material. Um, they can uh, sell some of the material eventually to places like Cambly, who work with language learning students who want more and more curriculum coming in as well. So there's uh, endless possibilities uh, as we grow. That's awesome. Well, lastly, I'd, I'd just like to help other like curriculum entrepreneurs and education entrepreneurs with getting leads, getting clients actually making it work, making money, getting, getting people using the, the deal. What's, what's worked for you from a marketing perspective for your LMS? I know you had existing relationships in the industry, but how, yeah, what, what worked, what, what actually worked for you? Uh, I mean, I've, I think I, I think I hit 200 users today for the, uh, and I've been going, I've been live for three months, uh, two months, something like that uh, for, for reels. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So, um, most of it is word of mouth. Um, a lot of it is the people who are selling their own curriculum, marketing their own curriculum, and then people finding that. Um, so I've 
had to spend a, pun- a bunch on marketing just yet. Right now, it's just been spending the money on getting the right tools together for the website. And uh, I'm in lots of ESL groups. Next is uh, ma- ma- making my SEO work well. Right now, it's great. If you if you Google Teachers Together English, you'll find the tutor resource out there. So it's pretty cool. And that's just one of my vendors that are that's on, on there. Because um, we're trying to really focus on getting hitting some of those keyword searches um, type, type things. So it really comes down to knowing your SEO, um, getting into the right groups that, that, that follow along because social media is really where it's at. Uh, I haven't had to pay to market a course or anything like that yet. I don't want to if I don't have to, but I know eventually as I once I reach a certain threshold, then I'm going to probably want to jump over there. Or when I want to get out of the ESL market and start bringing people in from another market, then I might need to do some other kinds of marketing tools down the road. That is awesome. Well, that's David Cole. Go check out the tutorresource.com and also his personal travel site, which is ouroffbeatlife.com. Dave, David, thanks for being a shining example of what I call an education entrepreneur who has to do many things. They have to be an expert at something. They have to be a teacher or instructional designer. They have to be a technologist. Technologist. They have to be a community builder. And they have to be an entrepreneur and figure all that out. And you're doing all that while on the road with family in tow, figuring it out, enjoying life in the process. And uh, I, I love your attitude. You know, it's it can be frustrating and hard in tech and business sometimes, but you got to stay upbeat if you want it to last. Any any kind of final words for the people about um, kind of making the dream work? Um, of course. I think it really comes down to one of my favorite quotes, uh, what doesn't kill me makes me stronger. Um, I've been an entrepreneur for many years, worn many different hats from real estate to sales, uh, to marketing, teacher, I mean, you name it, I've probably done it. Um, I've, I've failed more times than I've succeeded, but every failure teaches you to, to grow. Uh, and you learn as long as you learn from your mistakes and you grow from those mistakes, um, uh, you can continue to find success in, in many different areas. Just, you just don't give up. You just, you, you, yeah, you continue to grow. Don't give up. That's awesome. Well, thanks for coming on the show, David. We'll have to do another one a couple years into your journey and see what continent we're on. And, uh, <laughs> thanks again for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Of course, Chris. Thank you. And that's a wrap for this episode of LMS Cast. Did you enjoy that episode? Tell your friends and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And I've got a gift for you over at lifterlms.com forward slash gift. Go to lifterlms.com forward slash gift. Keep learning, keep taking action, and I'll see you in the next episode.